0: Welcome to Freud at 150, a special report from the pages of Scientific American Mind. On the occasion of the 150th anniversary of Freud's birth, you'll hear four articles that examine the legacy of the father of psychoanalysis. We begin with Freud Returns by Mark Soames, a South African neuropsychologist. He writes that neuroscientists are finding that their biological descriptions of the brain may fit together best when integrated by psychological theories that Freud sketched a century ago. The founder of psychoanalysis was born 150 years ago, and in 2006, his theories are enjoying a rebirth. New life indeed, because not too long ago, his ideas were considered dead. For the first half of the 1900s, Sigmund Freud's explanations dominated views of how the human mind works. His basic proposition was that our motivations remain largely hidden in our unconscious minds. Moreover, they are actively withheld from consciousness by a repressive force, The executive apparatus of the mind, or the ego, rejects any unconscious drives, the id, that might prompt behavior that would be incompatible with our civilized conception of ourselves. This repression is necessary because the drives express themselves in unconstrained passions, childish fantasies, and sexual and aggressive urges. Mental illness, Freud said until his death in 1939, results when repression fails, Phobias, panic attacks, and obsessions are caused by intrusions of the hidden drives into voluntary behavior. The aim of psychotherapy, then, was to trace neurotic symptoms back to their unconscious roots and expose these roots to mature, rational judgment, thereby depriving them of their compulsive power. As mind and brain research grew more sophisticated from the 1950s onward, however, it became apparent to specialists that the evidence Freud had provided for his theories was rather tenuous. His principal method of investigation was not controlled experimentation, but simple observations of patients in clinical settings, interwoven with theoretical inferences. Drug treatments gained ground, and biological approaches to mental illness gradually overshadowed psychoanalysis. Had Freud been alive, he might even have welcomed this turn of events. A highly regarded neuroscientist in his day, he frequently made remarks such as, the deficiencies in our description would presumably vanish if we were already in a position to replace the psychological terms by physiological and chemical ones. But Freud did not have the science or technology to know how the brain of a normal or neurotic personality was organized. By the 1980s, the notions of ego and id were considered hopelessly antiquated, even in some psychoanalytic circles. Freud was history. In the new psychology, the updated thinking went, depressed people do not feel so wretched because something has undermined their earliest attachments in infancy. Rather, their brain chemicals are unbalanced. Psychopharmacology, however, did not deliver an alternative grand theory of personality, emotion, and motivation a new conception of what makes us tick. Without this model, neuroscientists focused their work narrowly and left the big picture alone. Today, that picture's coming back into focus, and the surprise is this. It is not unlike the one that Freud outlined a century ago. We are still far from a consensus, but an increasing number of diverse neuroscientists are reaching the same conclusion drawn by Eric R. Kandel of Columbia University, the 2000 Nobel laureate in physiology or medicine. That psychoanalysis is still the most coherent and intellectually satisfying view of the mind.